You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Yesterday, we broke down on the show my top 50 free agents there. You can check them out at SportingNews.com. You can listen to the breakdown as well. I focused on the offensive skill positions, so quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and in-depth of fantasy football preview of the potential movement, re-signing, and all that with those players. So check out yesterday's show for that. And also we are in the middle of our kind of season in review, season in preview breakdowns. We have taken care of one half of the AFC North. Now we have to get to the back half to close the week. So we'll hit the Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers. If you missed the Ravens or Bengals breakdown, those are up as well as the eight from the teams in the AFC East and NFC East. So Doing quite a few of these. We'll get to every team. We'll break in if there's uh, something notable related to free agency or the draft, and we'll go in that direction. But then we want you to get you covered. You're kind of setting the table here for the long off season ahead, uh, and just see where we were with these teams and where we're going. So Browns today, Steelers tomorrow. Let's dive into Cleveland here. Let's start at quarterback. A good place to start here. Baker Mayfield. He finished 17th overall in scoring, 15.5 fantasy points per game. But when you look at it in terms of that average, it's 26. So he played a lot of games. He was healthier than a lot of guys. But overall, you're really looking at a guy outside of QB2 range. And part of it was Baker Mayfield was a streaky quarterback. He had some big games, like the Titans game stands out. But this was a run-first offense. He had some struggles. Odell Beckham Jr., when he was healthy, it was a bit of a struggle, and it was a little bit of a transition period without Odell Beckham Jr., but overall, this was a run-first offense. They wanted to get things with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt done above all else, running the ball. Occasionally, they'd throw downfield, but didn't really make use of Austin Hooper as a new weapon here. Jarvis Landry was more consistent than you think, but still not putting up big, big passing numbers, so... Run first team, Stefanski kind of uh, installing uh, the mixture of the 11 personnel and two tight end sets, but running out of it mostly using this uh, dynamic duo out of the backfield with Chubb and Hunt. So, And Mayfield is capable of putting up big games. I mean, we saw it during his rookie year. It was definitely a disappointment. In his second year, a little bit of a bounce back as a reality quarterback last year. Made a lot of throws that he needed to and was effective in that sense. But overall, you're looking at... Uh, is just not a guy that necessarily going to put up bigger numbers in this offense, especially if their defense approves and they stick with the running game. And their offensive line is pretty sturdy here as well. So that's one thing you have to keep in mind. You have Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin at the tackles. You have very good interior led by uh, Joel Batonio and J.C. Treader. So this was a great offensive line last year. So they're going to get downhill and get after it in the running game. They're going to protect Mayfield, but a lot of his production is going to be based on bootlegs and play action using the running game where 
The Browns don't necessarily want to get into a game where he's throwing 40 to 50 times. That's not their style. He can put up the numbers there. He also seemed a little bit liberated later in the season when he didn't have to force the ball to OBJ. Then you saw Jarvis Landry get fully healthy. That was a problem as well, is that Landry had been playing hurt the whole year, and OBJ was hurt before he got more hurt and missed uh, the time there. So, again, maybe some better luck with his receiving core and having some production there. But overall, you have to say his ceiling is limited because of the production of Chubb and Hunt and the dedication to running the ball there in Cleveland. And why wouldn't you? I mean, it worked to great success in reality, running and playing defense and getting Mayfield in the comfort zone. I know fantasy wasn't as good last year as he could have been, but in reality, they're happy with his uh, progress and performance there. So, again, I wouldn't expect, again, Mayfield to go so out of the comfort zone to keep throwing, but keep in mind, 26, he's got to uh, improve quite a bit with the volume and the TDs if we're going to really invest in him. But for right now, he's a streaming option. I think he'll fall more into the solid QP2 range this year, but still well off someone we're going to look at for drafting more than a backup and matchup-based play here at quarterback. So still a long way to go there. I mean, we'll watch the receiving core, but we know the one thing that's going to be pretty strong here, and they do have to worry about this as well with the contract, Nick Chubb. He finished ninth in overall scoring. Tenth in overall scoring. Right behind him was Kareem Hunt. 16.6 points per game for Chubb. 12.5 for Hunt. This is in half-point PPR formats. Chubb, in terms of points per game, we know he missed time. He was number seven, so he was solidly a... RB1 just outside of the top half there. So big year for Chubb when healthy. 16.6 is a very healthy number and a half point PPR. So again, uh, he still ended up finishing ninth. That tells you how much he produced while he was on the field there. That he still finished pretty high there as a RB1 uh, near the end. No matter how you slice it for Chubb's value. So again, big year for Chubb. He's the centerpiece of his offense. They got him going. He even was involved in the passing game at times, but he's a finisher in the red zone. Tough runner, can explode and make big plays, and we saw that here. Once they boosted his offensive line a little bit more, Chubb kind of took off there. And Kareem Hunt was a great plug-and-play. We know he was an elite RB1 for a lot of stretch, so he ended up in 10th uh, in overall scoring because of that uh, Chubb injury and really getting the feature back status. But overall, 12.5 points per game, he finished 21st. So even... If you took Kareem Hunt a little later and you didn't expect him to be a high-value handcuff, he still ended up as a pretty solid RB2. So he wasn't even a flex play. Yeah, you could have drafted Chubb and Hunt and when healthy, played these two guys together and you would have an RB1 and RB2 clear-cut situation here with big-time production. But then if when Chubb went down, you had one big-time running back there in Hunt. So, again, this backfield, very talented. We'll see what they do going forward. Do they invest more in Hunt than Chubb? We'll have to see. It's going to be uh, requiring quite a bit of resources there to lock up Chubb in a long-term deal. So is he worth it? Do they just move to Hunt where they can pay him a little bit less? Chubb being the younger centerpiece here. So a lot of question marks here ahead for Cleveland here. But again, Chubb and Hunt not in immediate danger of being out of this backfield. So I think we're okay for 2021. But I would think with Stefanski and this uh, line and the way they approach things that the two backs will still be the bread and butter of the Browns in 2021. All right, so there's a look at uh, the Browns quarterback and running back production there from 2020. We still need to get into the wide receivers. 
tight ends, defenses, and kicker here. So we'll get to all those positions as well. We'll look ahead at where the Browns stand, the salary cap, what moves they might have to make in-house, changes there, free agency, what they can do, and also look at the draft picks available to them. So comprehensive look at the Browns. We'll follow that with a comprehensive look at the Steelers, just like we did with the Ravens and Bengals and all the other teams. So it's a lot to talk about there. But first, I got to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now possible to stock all the parts you need at a traditional chain storefront. While your door often pointless or seemingly intimidating question, what while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand is warehouse have scare. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. At rockauto.com, you'll find a catalog that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications, and most important, the prices you prefer. rockauto.com, you'll find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You're whether you're a classic driver, you're a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much for the same parts? That's silly. Just go to rockauto.com to save right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in there, how'd you hear about us, box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to uh, break down uh, what happened with the Browns receivers here in 2020. All right, uh, let's uh, pick up uh, where we left off. So we looked at the quarterback production of Mayfield, the running backs of Chubb and Hunt. The wide receiver is a bit of a grind here for the Browns. Let's look at the numbers. Jarvis Landry ended up as the final wide receiver three at number 36 in his overall production. Oda Beckham Jr., uh, was 85th overall, and you had uh, in between those two guys, you had uh, Richard Higgins. So he was involved at uh, 61st overall in scoring 10.8 points for OBJ, 10.1 for Landry in half point PPR average per game, 7.9 for Higgins, who was a bit player, really had an expanded role when the OBJ went down, but then it kind of uh, quietened it down as well. So when you look at it this way, OBJ was 35th, so he was the second-to-last wide receiver three on the board in terms of points per game. Landry just out of a side of that at 39. But in the end, Landry, if you had him and you played him, he was more wide receiver three with low upside here. And again, a lot of it was tied to not being fully healthy with his hip injury and other things that were going on until you saw that he was running, making cuts, doing things a little bit better later in the season when fully healed. So... Good to see there with uh, Landry and OBJ and uh, what they could be. But again, it just says OBJ wasn't so essential. We'll get to uh, more of that in a moment. But yeah, do they keep both of these guys intact? Do they like their offense a little bit more without OBJ in there where uh, you had Mayfield spreading the ball around? Do they really need him being more of a run-heavy team? All those kind of questions. But when OBJ was in there, he was more productive, I think, than people would think there the 10.8 points per game. Again, Landry and OBJ, they kind of hurt their own value as well as the passing volume that's limited of the uh, Browns here. So, again, Higgins, again, we were expecting more when uh, OBJ went down, but they didn't use him as much. Again, part of it, not throwing outside was a big factor here in this offense. So, really, they worked the slot, the middle of the field, tight ends, running game use the backside of the backfield more so than uh, really forcing the ball downfield to their wide receivers. We could also see 
Donovan Peoples Jones carve a bigger role here, the kid out of Michigan. So I would not be surprised if they mix things up in this receiving core a little bit to get a little bit more production downfield. Because if you look at Stefanski a couple years back, look, it wasn't the massive numbers for Stefan Diggs, but you had Adam Thielen in there, and both these guys were rather productive as the top two receivers. You didn't have a third option consistently, or you didn't have a tight end consistently because it was splitting the two, but you did have two pretty viable fantasy football receivers there with Thielen and Diggs on the outside. So that's what all we're asking for, the versatility of one of them or both of them in the slot and have the guy outside produce. Certainly he was not as big because he had more Thielen and Diggs in wide receiver two range, but there is potential in the Stefanski offense to get more out of receivers, the bottom line, and they have to consider maybe some changes or changing things up here overall with the way they do it. Now, at tight end, uh, Austin Hooper, we knew this was not going to be a good transition for him there and it showed here it just wasn't the right fit overall I mean he's a very good blocker so that's why he's in there and this is a run first team so they're going to really get the blocker in there but 21st in scoring overall 22 when you look at average half point PPR points per game 7 so not very good for Austin Hooper he's a backup streamer that's about it you got from Austin Hooper if you try to plug and play him every week you were definitely disappointing or disappointed so when you look at that, David Njoku really didn't step up either. He had some flashes, but 45th all the way down there, 3.3 points per game. So really limited role for Njoku. He wanted to get out of Cleveland. Didn't quite happen. He stayed. He was productive. They won a lot of games. But again, Hooper and Njoku, I don't see two expanded ways they use these guys going forward. I mean, Hooper's too valuable in line and he goes that way, so... Again, I still think wide receivers where the spotlight's going to be, where the Browns can improve with their passing production numbers and relation uh, pushing up Mayfield's numbers as well. Now, at defense for the Browns, they finished 17th, so respectable, but well outside the defense special teams one range, 5.9 points per game. They had some playmakers. They did some more. Miles Garrett led the way up front. But back end, they weren't as quite as healthy to jump on the ball and make plays. Denzel Ward was in and out of the lineup. They didn't have the consistent edge pass rush presence away from Miles Garrett or have enough linebackers who could get involved, make some interceptions, takeaways, and then sacks in uh, blitz situations there. It just didn't happen. So Browns were limited, but I think they can make some improvements. There is a rumor that they're interested in J.J. Watt, so at any point J.J. Watt could be in this mix, and that would definitely boost their pass rush potential with Garrett and this off and this defense, so we'll watch it. They could get in a conversation there easily. The defense special teams won only five spots out of that here with their finish in 2020. Cody Parkey, it looked like he had some success, but Browns are really good in the red zone, and uh, they don't get a lot of like stalled issues with the scoring with field goals. He was pretty solid as a reality kicker, but only finished 30 at 6.7 points scaring game. So he was off the radar totally here. Again, Brown's kicking situation should improve, but again, we're not buying into Parkey here as long as they're a good red zone finishing team and not the greatest of long distance field goal kicking team and then Brown's defense having a nice boost in store here ahead of 2021. Yeah, so there you have look at now the Brown's comprehensive uh, scoring and half point PBR there across position, quarterback, running back. Wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker. So, yeah, we have to know where we've been to know where we're going. And uh, that's uh, 
exactly why we're doing this and um, get, get an early jump on the scouting report for these teams. And again, cap issues, uh, the Browns don't have too many of those, uh, free agency, uh, what they can do in the draft, certainly some good resources there. And we'll look at those in our final segment here. But I got to tell you, uh, make sure you're checking out all the uh, great shows here on the Lockdown Network. February is Black History Month. The Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women sports with a new series called Lockdown Presents More Than a Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Lockdown Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Lockdown Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to Lockdown Presents Podcast Feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, i got to tell you, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to close the show with the Browns' uh, nuts and bolts of their 2020 off. 2021 offseason. All right. So uh, we're back here, and uh, we do have uh, one more programming reminder here on the network if you're enjoying Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thursdays on Lockdown Fantasy Football are must-listen here. Thursdays on Lockdown NFL are must-listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Liscow break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team-building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Lockdown NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's move on here to what we have with the Browns and their salary cap issue. $20 million under the cap, but they can create some more room here. Interestingly, they, they can create $15 million more by cutting OBJ with no dead money. And uh, another uh, 10 to $11 million here with uh, Jarvis Landry being cut, so... Certainly uh, not too much of uh, expenditure to clear that cap room here, so we'll watch the OBJ especially. I think Landry was uh, solid here, and he's proved that he's great chemistry with Mayfield, so they want to keep him in that uh, offense. Basically, they don't have other receiving options because you have Rashard Higgins. He's a free agent here, so that is definitely a concern. You also have Tywan Taylor, a free agent at wide receiver, so it's going to be tough here to find... Uh, receiving help so they might be careful about moving on from OBJ but that would more prompt them to think about one in free agency or the draft a lot more is a higher priority if they move on from OBJ especially with Higgins not signed here so Cody Parkey also a free agent so they could have a change at kicker again after moving on from Zane Gonzalez and replacing him with Parkey now defensively there's some key pieces as well Olivier Vernon that's why they're interested there in J.J. Uh, Watt, as well as Larry Ogunjobi from their defensive line next to Miles Garrett. So they're going to need some things that they change up there. You have Carl Joseph on the back end, as well as uh, two defensive backs, Kevin Johnson and Mitchell back there in their uh, sub-packages behind uh, Denzel Ward. Hopefully they get Greedy Williams back to help here in the secondary, but certainly a lot of things to improve here overall for the Browns. So defensively they could see some reshuffle, more rebuilding, using Garrett and Ward as the centerpieces there and do that. 
And, uh, offensively, for now, they have to think about how they can extend Chubb. That might mean cutting OBJ, but also looking at different direction wide receiver. So they do have a lot of resources here at their disposal, especially if they cut OBJ and create that 15 extra million, almost doubling their salary cap. They also have nine picks here in the draft, starting with the number 26 overall. So strange to see the Browns having that high a pick, but uh, that's what happens when you uh, get to the playoffs and win a game. 59 is their next pick, then they have 90 and 92. So nine picks for the Browns, pretty good haul here. Some flexibility, definitely in the, over the first few days here that they can uh, do some damage in the draft. Good spending power. So we'll watch Watt as an improvement they can make defensively and some other things they can do there to get a relevant uh, fantasy football defense special teams. One, we'll also see here what they do in the receiving game. Do they move on from Njoku? Two, and uh, see how they reshuffle things and keeping Landry is the only piece and uh, kind of bringing in different types of receivers there in Stefanski's year two, knowing their baseline of the running game is so high. And the offensive line is good enough. They maybe need to develop a, more receivers here that can have good chemistry with Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, a lot of things to watch out for with the Cleveland Browns here in uh, the 2021 offseason. They have one of the most intriguing things we're going to watch overall. They have a lot of upsides. Stefanski there, being there alone. Alex Van Pelt, pretty good uh, structure there in place for what you're going to see with Baker Mayfield. So, again, in summary here, I think Mayfield and the receiving core should get a bump up here. I think Chubb and Hunt, pretty high. They can go up a little bit more here. And uh, Chubb motivated until he is going to get that contract here if they extend him. And Hunt also could be in the mix trying to get that deal as well with his uh, career kind of being revived with the Browns here, so something to watch. Again, Landry, I think, could bump up here. If they have a shuffle up with OBJ and Higgins going, there's definitely some Mayfield-Landry chemistry. So Landry could be a bigger part with that other receiver being more complimentary. But they need to look for a better outside possession guy. They might need an outside big play threat. Go that direction. But this offense can get better overall, especially when you focus on the passing game. But you love that they have the running game and the offensive line. That opens things up for whatever Mayfield wants to do. And Stefanski taking the next step with his offense calling the plays. So, yeah, the Browns, everything is positive. Good vibes there for change uh, from the fantasy football perspective. Again, we want a little bit more. But, again, we love uh, what, what they're already able to do here with, with the running backs. So, yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to their changes because uh, it's going to be a very intriguing offseason. They have a chance maybe to jump the Steelers and uh, challenge the Ravens there to uh, take the division finally. So that would be the logical next step, evolve a little bit as a wildcard playoff team, get a little bit better offensively, get a little bit better defensively, and wouldn't you know it, you would also get a little bit better in terms of uh, just being a more successful team overall. So... Good stuff coming for the Cleveland Browns. Don't forget, we'll have a breakdown of your Pittsburgh Steelers and their 2020 production. Big uh, concerns there with Big Ben and uh, Ben Roethlisberger's contract quarterback. So right off the top, some things definitely more concerning with the Steelers in relation to the Browns. That's for sure. So thanks so much for listening to Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Check out all the great shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Told you about a couple of them there that you must check out this month, uh, Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft. This is the time of year to check out the offseason. We got you covered here all season long on Locked On Fantasy Football. So we're uh, 
good to go season out of season we're going to be here and we're going to bring it to you for a while here breaking down what you need to know advanced scouting as we call it that's the mode we're in right now for lockdown fantasy football and we're glad you're along for the ride for lockdown fantasy football this is benny Iyer. have a great day see you tomorrow with a look at the 2020-2021 pittsburgh steelers